All right. So I got a couple announcements for you guys. If you wouldn't mind pulling out your bulletins with me, because you're going to have to do a little work right now. <laughs> so if you notice under the announcements section where it talks about our STEPS membership class, and then where it says it's Saturday, August 15th, if you have a pen, scratch that out. <laughs> We actually have to change the date of the steps class. Pastor Rob said I could blame it all on him. Um, <laughs> because we, we didn't realize that we're going to the Harvest Crusade that weekend with the junior high and high schoolers. So I need Pastor Rob or I will go insane. So <laughs> with all those ninos and ninas. <laughs> Anyways, so if you could cross that date off, we're going to be changing it to September 23rd. So all the information is still going to be the same on that. Um, if you're interested in that class, please let us know. We would love to have you guys, and so that way we can um, just usher you guys into our family um, of the church. And so September 23rd is the date that we're changing that to. So go ahead and scratch that off and put that in. And then also we have our end of summer barbecue and baptism coming up at the end of this month. So we'd love to have you guys. We're going to be at Whispering Pines Estates, bring some food. Yes. Eating is my sport, so I'm super excited. But anyways, if you guys want to get baptized and you're interested in that, please contact the church as well, and we would love to get you some information on that. So we're going to just move right along and to uh, continue our worship with our tithes and offerings. All right. So we're going to go ahead and just pray for our tithes and offerings right now. So if you just bow your heads with me. <sighs> Lord, we love you so much, God. And just like the video said, God, we want to proclaim your name. We want to proclaim who you are. Spread the gospel, Lord, because you are king and you are so worthy. And so, Father, I pray that um, every penny that's put towards giving to you, God, Lord, would just, again, just bring you glory and bring you praise in every way possible, Lord, that we would have um, wisdom and, and knowledge and knowing what to do exactly with what has been given. God, we love you so much, and we're so grateful for the many ways that you bless us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 22, and we're going to read a few verses. We're going to read all the way to chapter 2, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 22, through chapter 2, verse 3. It's, it's good to read the word out loud. Amen. We'll do that in just a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're in First Peter chapter one, huh? Is it NIV? That's going to be perfect. All right, all right. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. A quick update on Shan Breyer. Shan is moved. Um, she is now in a probably, and I am going to uh, look and get the address. She's in Riverside now. She is at Lane in Riverside. What is it? What's called? I think it's called Palm Terrace. And uh, so, if you want to go visit her, um, you know, please do. I've, I can give you the exact address. She would love visitors and be really good for the the church to connect with one another if you're going to visit so that she gets visits throughout the week so if you're planning on going we'll try to connect so that we c you know she can get a visit um you know her healing is coming 
You know, this life is not all there is. And we get wrapped up sometimes in, in, in this and this is, this is all we know is what we is tangible. But Shan, who has served her God faithfully, is glory bound. And uh, but she's still doing she's still doing well. We're not putting any dates on it, but she probably won't be coming home unless God does an extreme miracle. And so we want to make sure that she she's uh, you know visited and and so uh, she'll be in, at that location if you want to go. Um, it'd be awesome if you you know even mean the world to her. So so I encourage you to to go ahead and do that. Let's let's pray before we read the word this morning. Heavenly Father, you have no rival you are faithful powerful loving as we get into the time of the word today i pray your blessing upon it god that it would stir our hearts and challenge us and encourage us god we desire to be like your son jesus more and more changed into your reflection changed by your reflection god and we just pray your blessing upon this time in the word and this time we've had in worship. God, be with us. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been in 1 Peter, and we've been talking about dedicating ourselves to the Lord. And so we're going to start in verse 22, and you can follow along if you want. That's why I put it up there. You can read in your Bible or in the NIV. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy slan and slander of every kind like newborn babies craves pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the lord is good amen it's a great passage of scripture right here and, and, and it's wrapping up what we've been studying for the last four or five weeks in first peter and it's saying now that you have purified yourselves we're on a journey a journey of, of being purified by God and also ourselves stepping into that and being part of the plan God doesn't do all the work but he does the big part of the work he does the change in our life he fills us with the Holy Spirit and now that you have purified yourselves how by obeying the truth and this is really interesting this is where we're going today so that you have sincere love for your brothers now supposedly as we have obeyed the truth and purified ourselves, we now have sincere love for our brothers. I'm challenged by that. Has love been the byproduct of being purified by the word of God, by pressing into him? We're supposed to have sincere love. Now, this word here, love, is there's, there's different words in the Greek for love that's Philadelphia, which we know of that city. And if you've ever been there, there's a sign that says Philadelphia, the city of friendship. Yeah, brotherly love, friendship. The word love here is a brotherly love. It's a brotherly kind of friendship. And so it says that by obeying the truth, we're supposed to have sincere brotherly love for one another. 
and and when we come together you know we, we see it it's it's there's it's almost buzzing in the atmosphere people are greeting each other and loving one another hopefully it happens when you see each other at the store and you're not ducking down one aisle when you see them go up aisle three you go down aisle four you know and and the, you know and, and but because we want to have sincere love for one another and it's not just love it's sincere love we get challenged challenged with it is our love sincere or is it something we put on our face but as we press into the lord and we we allow ourselves to be purified by by obeying the truth so that we have sincere love for your brothers listen it goes on now and says love one another deeply from the heart so as you read this it's it's almost easy to pass through it too quickly because we've been purified we have a sincere philadelphia type of love a friendship love and then it says, now that's just what we have. Then it gives a command, an imperative, and it says, so because that's already happened, love one another deeply. Well, it just said that we already have sincere love for one another. What's this talking about? It's a different word for love. It changed the word from Philadelphia love to agape love. By obeying the truth, by coming to Christ, by being purified from all of the junk that we've had in our lives, we begin to have a sincere brotherly love. And, and, it, and it's true. I've said this so many times. Look around the room and, and, say, and we go, oh my goodness, if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be friends. Many of us in this room would not naturally assemble together. But because of what Jesus has done in our lives and is doing in our lives, we find our friendship grows with people because of the bond of Christ. But then it goes on, and this is where we want to spend a lot of time today. Then he says, so now command, I'm commanding you, I'm giving you an imperative, agape one another deeply from a pure heart. He's commanding us now to love. So, so we have that brotherly love, but he's saying, but we're going to take it up a step. We're going to take it up a notch, and we're going to, I'm going to command you, love one another. And we go, man, that, that's, that's a tall order, and what does that mean? What does loving one another mean? In this world, love is talked about all the time. Um, we sing so many songs about, about it. Um, you know, I, mean, I would think about the, the old Burt Bacharach song, you know, what the world needs now right it's the only thing that there's just too little of nothing's changed since then there's still too little of love and you know and then because you know all we need is love you know the world needs love we need we need love but but the love's not going to come without god see john lennon had it wrong you know, what if there was no heaven? What if there was no... If there was none of that, there would be no love. He thought that there, you could have love without God. And he's exactly opposite. Because of God, we love one another. We have this, uh, this beginning uh, the friendship, brotherly love that comes upon the saints as you gather together. Um, you know, I, I remember... I remember uh, having a men's meeting, you know, some 25 years ago at the Sizzler and walking in, and I, I, I'm sure I've shared this, but walking into the Sizzler room and, and there was three guys sitting at a table and I knew all of them individually, but they didn't know each other very well. That might have been the first time they met. And I laughed to myself at the group of people that was sitting at the table because at this men's meeting, there was a retired judge, Ira Fox, Shan's father and uh, stepdad, 
he was sitting at that table. There was Jim Cagle, who was a retired L.A. cop. And then there was another man at the table who was a convicted felon who had spent, I think, 15 years in prison for murder. And they're fellowshipping. And I went, the man who did the crime, the man who arrested him, the man who sentenced him to prison, I mean, not literally, but in, in, in form, all fellowshipping because of Jesus. That's what God does to us. We've been purified. You know, the, the racism needs to go away. The, the prejudice needs to go away because God has purified our hearts and we understand that we're all created in God's image and, and all the stereotypes begin to go away because of that. But then the command comes, now listen, I'm going to command you, love one another. Wait, why? Because it's hard to love one another. Just like sometimes it's hard to love your spouse. Just like sometimes it's hard to love your child. You know, when, when your children are just in this, this time of maybe doing lots of things, and you know, you just you get angry. And inside, you know, you still love them, but there's anger. And they're your spouse or, or people who were, whatever it is, it's difficult. And so the command comes to us that we need to love one another. And then I'm going to read these. We, we read it together, but let's put some of these pieces together, and then we're going to talk about some of this love stuff. Um, love one another deeply, agape. Remember, do we remember what agape is? Unconditional love. That's the kind of love Jesus had for us, that God has for us when he sent Jesus. For God so agape the world, unconditional. So, so love one another deeply from the heart. Ah, you couldn't leave it alone and just say, love one another deeply from your actions. Some of us could really do that well. You just do the love stuff. Be nice and be kind and do the love stuff. And then he throws in from the heart. You mean I have to mean it? I have to mean it too? Yes. He's going to change us and he's going to turn us upside down. But then he says, why? For you've been born again. You can't do this on your own. You've been born again, not from a perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God that we stop there and we see this is not going to be possible without understanding who God is, who Christ is through his word and spending time with him and understanding that whole process. We've been born again. We were going to hell. We were going to hell. Sometimes we need to stop and think about that. We were on our way to internal separation from God. Darkness, outer darkness, utter despair, where the worm does not die, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell. And God loved us so much that he died, he sent Jesus to die for us. We've been born again. And this is all men are like grass, which is true. You know, just this week, I, I know of so many funerals, and my, my grandfather passed away Friday morning. Um, just all men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. This, this, this world is so, so temporary, and I'm right kind of in the middle somewhere, of, of this life. 
I remember when I was younger, and I just thought, you know, getting old was so far away, and, you know, I was going to be one of those that defied all the odds. I was never going to get older, and I was always going to be in good shape, and all of these things, right? And it's like, wow, you know, the glory of man begins to fall. Everything changes. I mean, th this week, I'm going to bring this in because it's important, you know, there, there's a crazy man across the ocean with his finger on a button. And they're saying, well, now he might have the capability of launching sa to get to San Francisco. And San Francisco just did this whole thing, their nuclear preparedness. I don't know if you're reading about that. And they, they don't think it's going to happen, but they're talking about this thing. And oh, this is, you know, potential like, yeah, we're all going to fade away like grass if that happens. But the word of the Lord doesn't. It doesn't fade away. It stands forever. And then going towards the end of this verse, so this is one of those chapter breaks that don't help us. So, so chapter 2 break here didn't help the flow here. Forget it. It says, the word of the Lord stands forever, and this is the word that was preached to you, therefore. So all of that goes together. And now it's going to help us understand some of this love, which you want to get into. Rid yourselves of malice, of deceit, of hypocrisy, of envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. This passage, these passages have to go together. We're going to rid ourselves by these things, but we have to pray, crave pure spiritual milk. We have to crave the things that God has for us. Otherwise, we'll never be able to love deeply from the heart. I heard this little quote. It's, it, it's obviously a little older for because of the wording. It says, you might know this, to live above with those we love, oh, that will be glory. To live below with those we know, now that's another story. <laughs> Love one another deeply from the heart. In this process, a couple things we're going to find out this morning that we have to make love a priority. And you're taking notes, you put, you put the one down there. Love, not, love needs to be a priority. Remember Jesus in Matthew 22. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It has to be a priority in our life to love. And remember that love is a verb. And, and it can be an imperative, and that's what it was in this situation. God's command, you know, we're being commanded. Peter, Peter's commanding us, love one another deeply. Doesn't always feel like it. Had a wedding, great wedding last week talked about love in the ceremony we said that we talked about this in our you know you don't wake up every morning and feel like loving your spouse right, right amen sometimes you, you you wake up and you go I, I just don't feel like loving you today it, and you you choose to love you, you have to say you know I'm gonna love you you know and you know smart people make this thing I'm gonna we're gonna have a competition who, who can love each other more today when you're having a bad day do that Try to love, out love each other. It's hard. To, there's hard, hard, hard. It's difficult sometimes. Couldn't say that. 
don't even know what I was trying to say. I lost my thought. It's difficult. But if we make it a priority, and we have to make it a priority in our life. You know, and how many things are, are not being done? The things that are important to you somehow get done. If we begin to make love one of our priorities, we're going to get it done. We're going to love. It, we have to change our, our priorities. The Bible says, this is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. Commanded to love one another. We're going to find this later as we go, keep going through the book of 1 Peter, but I love this. 1 Peter 4, 8, 9. It says, above all, love each other deeply. Again, here it is. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. You know, when you're in that, that making love a priority in, in life, and you're working at loving one another, and sin enters in, in this case, it might be a, so they, they hurt you somehow, an error happens, you know, that love is going to cover a multitude of those sins. That's what happens with God and his love for us. His love for us covered a multitude of our sins. As we love one another, we have more grace, and it will cover those errors. Love covers. It needs to be something that we, we set out to do. The second one is love must be purposeful. It needs to be a priority. We need to make it a priority in our life and, and, and bring it into to all our thoughts, and then it needs to be purposeful. Love doesn't always happen naturally. Again, we, we often compare it to, to a love like with a relationship. And if we, we go back to the boyfriend, girlfriend, even before marriage, and you're just dating, and you're just, you know, you're so in love, you're just dumb, you know, and you're just, you're right, you just remember this, doing all those amazing things. You don't have to be purposeful about it. It just, like, comes naturally. You know, you're driving, you stop by and buy flowers, or you make the phone call, and you write a note, and you plan something, and it's, you, you barely have to think about it. Not so much 15 years later. You have to sometimes think, it's like, okay, I've, I've got to do something loving. I need to be loving today. Why? Because you get caught up into the, the normal patterns of life. And, and one of the ways that we do that is by taking each other for granted. And you just begin to expect all the things that have been happening for, for so many years. Because it's, it's grown cold. So we need to always keep letting lo making love be purposeful. Love must be purposeful. John 13, 35 says this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We want to be known as his disciples. We want to be known. And, you know, it, it doesn't say by this, all men will know that you're my disciples by the T-shirt you wear <laughs> or by the bumper sticker on your car. In fact, a lot of our bumper stickers betray us because we probably don't drive with the love of Jesus in us. <laughs> They're not going to be recognized as a follower of Jesus by, by those things. Now, there was a, a survey conducted several years ago um, by four different denominations right here in Southern California. And the thought in churches, the assumption was that people generally leave churches 
because of doctrinal disputes. Once saved, always saved, or, or that you can lose your salvation. We some churches believe in you know, predestination, that some people are absolutely predestined to heaven, and others it's free will and all the combinations. And, and there was a thought among church leaders that the reason people left church was over doctrinal disputes. Should you speak in tongues in a church or should you not? Things like that. So they did this, this survey. The survey proved that that was not the reason people leave church. Most people quit church because, quote unquote, church people are cold and impersonal. Now, now I, I don't believe that about our church. I, I really don't. I think one thing we, we hear a lot is that this church is very loving and accepting. Um, but, but people leave church because of this. Church people are cold and impersonal. People come to church needing and hoping and expecting to find high touch, high care, high love. That's what people need. The song is true. What the world needs now is love. You know, we have all the technical stuff. We have all that stuff going on. But the, the more connected we are via this social media and the more, the more technology we have, which there's um, some amazing technological advances we've had, we're becoming less connected emotionally we're touching one another less and less you know when when babies are born when when twins are born um they they have found that if they put them in separate incubators they don't thrive very well if they're in the hospital and and they found that even when when children were when, when newborn babies were having difficulties um if they would put the babies in the same little incubator where they could just touch each other because they'd been touching each other for nine months in the womb that they begin to thrive they're actually their vital signs get stronger and they can they can do better just by simply being put together and touching each other the world needs love the church needs touch and care and concern deeply from the heart and that's what God is calling us to be is people who would love deeply from a pure heart. But it has to be purposeful. Picking up the phone on purpose and calling somebody and asking, how are you doing? And caring about them. Taking some time out of your, out of your day to stop and visit somebody, not just your buddy who you love to visit all the time, but the people who maybe don't have people stopping by to visit them just to stop by and say hey I just want to come by and see you see how you're doing purposefully guys we need to remember for our wives right to buy something for our spouse not a second afterthought the world needs to to, to see love and that love needs to become a priority for us. It needs, we need to put that right up there. The greatest commandment is to love your, your neighbor as yourself. If it's, if it's that important to Jesus, it should be important to us, and then we need to make it purposeful. Unfortunately, love will cause pain. We need to make it a priority. It needs to be purposeful, and when we do that, it's going to cause pain. Anybody who's ever been in a relationship with anybody who's had love of any kind, parent, child, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife knows this to be true love is pain 
You open yourself up in such a deep way. C.S. Lewis wrote this in his book, The Four Loves. To love is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart <clears throat> will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping your heart it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not get broken. Instead, it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. C.S. Lewis said that's pretty heavy and very true. You know, we've seen people who've come out of a, a, a painful time and you go, something's changed. What it is often is that they have disconnected, but they interact on a very shallow level. They are guarding their heart from being broken again. Husbands and wives do this all the time. In their marriage, they, they begin to have suffered so many hearts, so many hurts that they begin to guard their heart sometimes just against their spouse. And they open it up when they go to work. They open it up when they're with their friends. But at home, they've kept it guarded. And the distance between a husband and wife who lives in the same house feels like a million miles away. See, love causes pain. We're vulnerable to people that we love. And once you're vulnerable and open, they have the ability to hurt you. And so it's a risk. So I, I, I need to say, we need to be careful of who we're vulnerable to and how vulnerable we get with everyone. We don't just walk up to complete strangers and give them our life story so that they can shoot us. You know, we have to be careful. But you will never experience the same thing I say about husbands and wives. When that is intact, there is no one on earth that you're as safe with as a spouse. At some point, if you've allowed yourself to open your heart to them, they know you in such a deep way. And isn't that so refreshing to have people who just know you and love you anyways? It's kind of like when you grew up with someone and you did all the crazy stuff with them. A best friend or whatever, often siblings that are close in age experience this, where later in life you don't even have to see each other very often. But when you get together, it's not just fun, you feel safe. And you're like, they know all about me, and they don't judge me. Isn't that true? We need to learn to get vulnerable with one another, even in the church. And so we've got to develop a lot of things, and, and it gave us a good list, but one of the things, we, we can't judge in the church when people begin to get open. But we need to open ourselves up and understand that when we do that, we'll have some pain. But the opposite is, is worth it. The, the joy, the closeness, the feeling comfortable and having people who really truly love you and that know you is worth it. Love has to be a priority. We have to be purposeful about it and know it's going to cause some pain. It also requires a payment. Love costs. You know, King David, when he was going to make an offering one time 
Somebody says, well, I'll give you the land. And, and King David says, no, 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 I'll buy it from you because I can't offer God to something that doesn't cost me anything. You know, if, if you're in relationships with people and you haven't paid anything in that relationship, you probably have a, a very lopsided relationship. You're receiving and somebody else is doing all the paying. You're being selfish. You also know that you've been in that type of relationship on the other side where you feel like you've given and given and given. And this other person was supposedly a friend, but they've never paid. There's a, there's a cost to friendship. Friends will drop what they're doing to go help you, to go suffer with you, to go live life with you. It's not always easy, is it? To have a good friendship means that you might have something that you need to go do and they call you with an emergency and you put down your, your thought for that day and you run over and help them. And you pay a price. You pay a price. Bob Pierce, who is the founder of World Vision, you've all heard of World Vision, they do works all around the world bringing food and medicine and different things throughout the world. He was dying with leukemia went on a trip to Indonesia and he was, was with a, a friend and a guide and they were visiting some of the ministry sites and doing these things and, and he found this that she was dying of cancer herself and he said through the, he, he started talking to her through the translation why won't, why won't you go get help we, we can get you medicine we can get you things and she says I'm, I'm so peaceful here by the river I feel the presence of God I know I'm not going to live. I just, I just want to be by this, by this river. But I'm in such pain. That's, that's, the, that's the worst part is I have such pain, this little, little girl said. He says, well, let's then come with me and get, get some medicine. She goes, I don't, I don't want to leave. I, I just have peace here. So Bob, who was in a lot of pain himself, he couldn't sleep at night. He had to take a lot of pain medication. He saw that little girl, and he reached into his pocket and he took out his pain medication, and he gave it to this person and says, make sure that she gets these to alleviate her pain until she passes away. And he says, but do you have any more? He says, no, I don't, I don't have any more, but I want to give it to her. It would be 10 days before he could refill his own prescription for his own pain medication. And he paid the price to love Great example. Love costs. It's not always easy. And we're not talking about always being the martyr, but we pay a price when we love people. It's not always uh, doing the things that we want. Love needs to be a priority. It needs to be purposeful in life. It's going to cause some pain sometimes, and it's going to require payment. But love will produce fruit. The fruit of love is going to be people saved from their sin. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples, that you love one for another. Heard of a story of an atheist in prison who was just hardened and the chaplain would go in angry and, and a hardened atheist and he just never listened. 
for years he was in this position and the chaplain would go in and, and, and do stuff. And, and uh, one day as the chaplain was talking to him, the man was like, itching and, and, and doing things. And he, and he said, well, what's wrong? He says, well, my feet are, are really sore. And, and the guy, I guess, had some like ointment. And just, he just got down there and rubbed some ointment on his feet. And this atheist gave his heart to Jesus that day. He had heard the story over and over and over. Nothing would change him but the chaplain's love and care just by rubbing his feet convinced him of the love of God. If we love people, we'll produce fruit. You'll produce fruit in your families, your marriages. We'll produce fruit in the church and with the, your neighbors, unsaved people. It's, it's difficult. Loving people is, is really difficult. You know, was, you know J- Julie didn't know what we're talking about today. <laughs> and I didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> you know, you, 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 the pastor always gets a little worried when somebody says, Pastor, can I do this? I, mean, I trust Julie, and but I had no idea what she was going to share, right? That difficulty in loving people. So God wants us to love deeply from the heart, sincerely, loving one another. Now, my style, and this is going through some of your, your minds, and I, so let's just take that away. Yes, there are times that you've got to be careful of the things you do because what we say is love could be in enabling somebody, right? We're not talking about that. Just, that's another sermon. That's another topic. You know, we're just talking about loving one another. It's going to produce fruit. Fruit that will last forever. Because the last, the last P in my list today is that love will persist. Love will persist. I, I want to read... just do it from memory here, but we're going to actually read it so I don't miss any. So important. In fact, so much greater than any of these the other gifts. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to the feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Let's read on. Where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, 
then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love. And greatest of these is love. Love never fails. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Love is the greatest commandment. God loved us so much he gave us Jesus. The world will know that we're disciples because of our love, one for another. Love will persist. Church, I am stirred up. I want to become a, a people who are known for their love, not their anger, not their judgment, not their hypocrisy, the love for one another. And I pray that we'll remember today that we need to make it a priority in our life to love one another. We need to be purposeful about it. We'll do it even though we're going to have some pain and pay a price because it's going to produce fruit and it's going to persist forever and ever. Heavenly Father, loving one another is a tall order. I don't even always know what that looks like. But I'm going to start myself with going back to Corinthians and learning to be patient and kind with people and gentle. I'm going to rid myself, as in Peter says, of malice, of hypocrisy, of envy, of jealousy. I'm going to crave your word. Crave the pure spiritual milk and get rid of the other junk from my life and become a person who learns how to love, who's been purified and begins to have a deep, sincere, pure love and an unconditional love. God, I know that you'll lead us all and guide us and, and that you will, when we're broken, you'll, you'll bring healing. Lord, I pray that you would protect us from being vulnerable in the wrong spot. But God, that we'll have the courage to be vulnerable to be open to pe with people, to pay the price of missed opportunities that we had in order to love somebody else. God, that the world would know that we're your disciples by our love one for another. Strengthen us, empower us to do this and to be this because of the love that lives inside of us through Jesus Christ. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.